0: Praise you, Lord. Wow, God is good. (laughs) Wow, God is good. He loves us so much. And he loves this little church so much. (laughs) Because God loves people. God loves the individual. God loves each and every person. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just want to keep preaching on what the Lord spoke to me. Uh, recently, the Holy Spirit said to me, I want to teach you about the power of if. The power of if. And we're just going to continue. I just want to go right into this immediately. I want you to turn in your Bibles, or you can look to the screen, and, and uh, we're going to look at this scripture in the book of 2 Chronicles. It's in the book of Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, and it's one, if you're a believer, that you know very well. But I want to break it down today. I want to keep breaking it down. I believe the Lord has given us this powerful tool. It is such an amazing, powerful tool. You know that the Word of God is a tool. Did you know that the Word of God is a tool? What does the Bible say of itself? It says many things of itself, but specifically that it is a sword, right? It is a sword. It is a sword. In fact, Jesus comes with the word. Jesus is the word, isn't he? Jesus is the word made flesh, and it says in Revelation that a sword comes out of his mouth, and it's the word of God. The word of God is coming out of his mouth, and came out of his mouth, and God's word, the Bible says of itself that every word was inspired, right? The word was inspired by God. It is his word. Word. You have to just believe it. There are many books, many little g gods, many religions, and you have to believe that God's word is his word. If you don't believe that, you will struggle in every other area. Every other area of your life will be a struggle until you just learn to accept it. That's it. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. The stop sign is there for a reason. The stop light is there for a reason. Nobody, everybody just ignores them today. And if it wasn't for defensive driving, right? If I drove like they did, then we would be in a lot of accidents. But I'm assuming now that everybody's just going to ignore that light. Nobody cares that my light's green. And I rant every single time. (laughs) And then I ask for more grace. I don't say any bad words about them. I just rant. Why are you going through my light? But it's there for a reason. The Word and His words were penned for a reason. There is life in them. Everybody say there is life in the Word. Why? Because the Bible says of itself that the Word is living. It is alive. The Word is alive. It is in you. And what we want to do is put more and more of it in you. If the Word is life... Come on, it's the word of life. If the word is life, who wants to be alive in here? Anybody want to walk around as dead men? Because you know, that's what the scriptures say. The scriptures say, without Christ, you are dead. You are dead without him. It's not, the word is really black and white. The only reason the word is hard to understand, the word is confusing, and that we don't get it is our stubbornness and rebellion. It's really not hard It really is black and white and red and white. Everybody says, oh, I like the red and white. I don't care for the black and white. I just like Jesus. Well, Jesus spoke even clearer truth to me. When I really read his words, his truth is even sharper than the black and white. It's a good sharp, though. See, if you love the word and you want to be alive, I'm like, Lord, cut me. You can cut as much as you want because that's life. You only feel the cut if you don't want it to go. Anybody want to carry around a tumor? Because that's really what it is, the deadness. The junk in us is a tumor. It's not there from God. God doesn't give people tumors in the flesh either. That's not from God either. That's the devil. That's this fallen world. And God wants to cut it off, but it can only be cut off by his word. There is no other way. We want to do it another way. Jesus said, beware, there's going to be people trying to enter heaven another way. We're going to try to just do it through spirituality, try to do it through some sort of spiritualism and, and church looking and church feeling, etc." But without Jesus and his word, you have nothing. We must let him do it. Amen. That was an intro that the Holy Spirit had for you. I didn't have that. Let's look at this, this scripture here. And that was to preface this, that he gave us, if the word is a tool, then the scriptures within them are tools. When you are facing, when you are up against something or whatever your situation is, go to the word first. Who goes to the word second? Because <laughs> we all be like, I can figure this out. We need to go to the word. Let's just read this. It says, then if, everybody say the word if. If. Come on, if. If. Say it again, because this is, if is what? What does if mean? If is conditional. If is a conjunction. I did a little English studying. I mean, I had a pretty good understanding. I think we all do. But a little bit of studying, it's a conjunction. Dawn can tell you, she's been teaching the kids. (laughs) But it is, it is a conditional clause If is a conditional clause. That means that what I'm about to tell you is contingent. It is is only going to happen, I'm going to give you two parts. I'm going to say, if such and such, then this. If this, then that. If this, then that. So if, and then that. So if, let's read this. My people all together. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Let's just pause there. God then gives us a response. If, comma, now all of this, all of that is the if. Everybody say all of it. it. Cover to cover. God's whole word. We can't do part of it. We can't do some of it and then expect the response. If, it, ready? I'm going to give you a scenario. Let me prove it to you. If I carry an umbrella and it starts to rain, but if I don't open that umbrella, what's going to happen to my head? But I, but I listened, Lord. I took your umbrella with me. Come on. If you didn't do all of it, then I can't do my part. And it's really not me. God saying, I'm not really holding it up. You don't even understand how excited I am up here. On my throne for you. Come on, last week I established it, and I'm not going to re-preach it because we don't have the time, but you're my people. I made a covenant with you. I established you. I laid my own son's blood on the cross for you. I made a place for you to sit with me. We just need to establish that. That's who we are. You're my people, and if you don't do everything that I've asked, I can't do anything. Come on. And it's not really me because the Lord has shown me this before and in the scriptures of this because we got, we have Daniel has got proof of this and you can go read his story. He starts praying and there was an answer coming and some he had to push through and keep fasting, keep praying. It was on its way, but it took some time. There was some holdup in the spirit world. And the Lord has shown me prayers like in these chests in the heavens and they're there. I mean, the answers are there. It's not that the answer's not there, but there is some continual praying there's continual seeking there are some things come on the angel came to him and said I came right away but for 21 days I got held up in the heavens with your answer what would happen if he started cursing God the next day what do you think is going to happen to that thing now, the enemy who has it held up and is trying to get us to doubt, get us into worry, now he's just a conniver. Listen, we're not going to major on the enemy, but let's be real. Let's understand our enemy that he's a slick haired lawyer. That's what he is. That's what the word says he is. He is our adversary. And specifically, what that means is, and we can see that in the book of Job, the devil goes and accuses you before the Father. That's what he does. He's your accuser. So what God does is you start to pray, God's got an answer immediately for you, and the answer's on its way. The devil will try to get you into doubt, into worry, and not get you to do all of it, and we're going to look into this quickly, so that then he could go back to God and say, I know you started to answer his prayer. You started moving in his life. Who saw God moving and then said, wait, what happened? I thought that was you, God. And God's saying, it was me. Then you got, I don't know where you were headed. You just... Picked up steam and took off somewhere. Come on. It was me, but I don't know where you, where you think you're going. I mean, I, was just, I just got started here. You're, off, you're already off. Whether that's in pride or in sin. Come on, it can be both. It can be either. And the devil, what he's trying to do is to get you to start cursing, to start doubting, get into fear, and even start accusing, start getting restless, etc. All I mean, and you know it. I don't need to tell you anymore. So that then he can go to God and say, wait, 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 wait. Wait. God, you're just. God, gravity cannot be denied. It must be done. This is the law. Come on, we don't live in the law. We live in the grace of Jesus Christ, if you live in it. Come on, everybody say, if. I live in it, I'll have it. Grace gives you some room, and there's some room that the devil just can't touch. But when you are in rebellion, when you are not being obedient to God, it's not God holding your miracle up. It's not God. We need to be aware of this as believers. And the Lord wants to answer our prayers. He wants to do bigger and greater so far beyond But it's the if. Come on, everybody say, it's the if that gets in my way every time. And let's just look. If my people, the first thing he tells us to do is that we must humble ourselves. Everybody say, I have to humble myself if I want God to hear from heaven, forgive my sins, and restore my land. I have to humble myself. And let's just look. You know what I'm about to say? These points right here. He's asking us to humble ourselves to pray, not praying and seeking as one. These are individual things. Humble, and you have to start humble, then pray and seek. And finally, and we must do this. This is absolutely conditional. If we carry the raincoat, but we don't open it here, this is not opening it and turn from our wicked ways. Then God is waiting, so he is waiting with tears in his eyes to give you life, to give you miracles, but you must be obedient. There is no other way. I don't even want to say I wish there was another way, because I really don't. Once you begin to know the Lord, right, you don't wish there was another way. I wish sometimes there was an easier way, but I don't wish there was another way. But we must humble ourselves and everything here that the Lord asks us to do to get our answer is exactly how Jesus lived. Jesus doesn't ask you to do anything that he didn't do. Did you realize that? In order for his blood to be equal to your blood on the cross, he had to be completely human. He was 100% God filled. And in fact, if you really let the Holy Spirit fill you, you are walking on this earth exactly like Jesus, a human that came through a human body, but 100% filled with the Spirit of God. Come on, this is incredible who we are. That's my people again. I want to preach that another week. How amazing this is, who who you are in, in him, who you are on this earth. But Jesus humbled himself, didn't he? Jesus humbled himself, and he's telling us to humble ourselves. Jesus laid himself down on the cross willingly. Talk about humility. And what did Jesus ask us? Jesus asked us just to do what he did. Pick up your cross and follow me. All I'm asking you to do is what I already showed you can be done and will be done if you'll walk with me. If you'll walk with me, and hand, I'll stay by your side, Holy Spirit will fill you, and we're going to do this life just like I did it, if you're willing. Come on, everybody say, I'm willing. I'm willing. And quickly, though, the, uh, I just want to just keep moving because I don't want to lose you, and I may go over. So don't look at your clock. Just embrace this. As soon as I, we get to 12.15, everybody starts shutting down. Please, today, don't. Please, please. Now the Lord's got something for you today. Can I just have you? I am going to try, but just let the Lord speak today. He really has something special for you. Amen. And I won't, uh, I won't abuse that. Okay, I am going to be very diligent just to keep moving here. So humble ourselves. It says in Proverbs one seven, and I may even go faster than the screen. The fear of the Lord. Everybody say the fear of the Lord. Is the foundation, right? It's the foundation of true knowledge. It's the beginning of wisdom, beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. It's the fear of the Lord, that is the humility. Fear of the Lord is not I'm afraid of you, God. It's that I understand who you are. Fear of a father is not I'm afraid of dead. He takes care of me. He's going to feed me. He even gives me things I want and desire. That's dead. But I have a fear of dead that if I do something that he told me not to do, that I know what the repercussions are going to be. But I'm not walking around afraid of him. It's just a fear. I understand who he is. I understand I'm a little boy and you're dead. Come on. We understand that we're children, he's God. That's the fear of the Lord. That we understand, and that's the humility that you need. That is really the epitome of humility. Humility is not being quiet. Humility is not acting humble. Come on. (laughs) You can act humble and be incredibly prideful inside your heart. You You can sound polite. You can pull the chair out. You can pretend to be humble and not be humble. God doesn't care about that humility. A lot of those attributes will come out of genuine humility. The humility he's looking for is fear of him. You fear him, you're going to love people automatically. You don't have to pretend. And that's what he's looking for. 1 Peter 5, verse 5, it says, In the same way, uh, just quickly, let's see, uh, verse 5, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace. Everybody say he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves, verse 6. 1 Peter 5, verse 6. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, everybody say at the right time. I'm not going to lift myself up in honor. He will lift me up in honor because I've humbled myself. James chapter 4. And I love James. I love the whole book of James. But I love this chapter, and specifically, I love this verse, and I run to this verse a thousand times a day. Because whenever I'm, you know, you just get going. You just get doing in life. And I just have to keep coming back and say, Lord, I just humble myself. I just, I want it your way. I want you to be God. And it says in James 4, verse 6, he gives graces generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So verse 7, humble yourselves before God. And verse 10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Come on, this is an amazing uh, chunk of scripture. It's incredible. And, and he, Jesus said in Matthew, he said, God blesses those. And we use the word meek in the Old Testament, I mean, in the, in the older translations, but uh, we don't use that word in English much anymore. But that just means humble. Blessed are those who are meek or blessed are those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. If you are humble, there is an inheritance for you, God. That is just, it's just the foundation. You absolutely must humble yourself before the Lord. And then there are many scriptures I could keep going. It says it in Philippians about humbling ourselves. And I, want to, I just want to read this, though, because this is what I was saying. It says in verse 5, Philippians chapter 2. Am I going too fast? Okay. Philippians 2, verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Does God ask you to do something that he doesn't think you're capable of doing? Come on, if God tells you to do something, what does he expect? He expects you to do it, wait, because he will help you do it. Come on. He gave us the Holy Spirit just for that reason, because he said the, the old covenant was, they were unable, the Old Testament the, the, the stories that we're seeing these guys struggling with God is because they lack the Holy Spirit. And now there is zero excuse. The Spirit of God, in fact, it was offered, even pre-Christ, pre-blood, it was offered, and the people said, we don't want it. They said, Moses, you go. You go meet with God. We'll stay down here. You give us the rules and regulations. Give us the law. Tell us what to do. We're going to break every single one of them but you go meet with God and and we'll just try to live by the law. doesn't work, does it? The Holy Spirit, though, wrote the law on your heart. Come on. You know exactly. Let's just be brutally honest here. You know when the Holy Spirit's dealing with you. You know when you're wrong. Come on. We just get so stubborn and so rebellious. I'm saying that a lot today because that's the Holy Spirit. That's just the Holy Spirit. But we are, we're stubborn and rebellious. And you know what? I just read it this week. I just happened to come across. It. I didn't go looking for it. But rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as idol worship. Where we said rebellion, but I thought I'd never, like we always said rebellion is sin of witchcraft, but I forgot about the second part. Stubbornness is like idol worship. You're turning from God. You start worshiping your own gods. You got your God. I'll figure. I'll make my own God. That stubbornness. And man, that's strong, isn't it? But God is good. His love is so good for us. His word makes us alive. Come on, let's say it again because I think midway through the sermon, you need to be reminded as you're hearing the word and you're like, whoa, that's sharp and then just go, wow, thank you for the sharpness because you're making me, come on, you're making me alive wow. through the sharpness of your word. Come on. Amen. So Philippians he says, I want you to have the same exact attitude that Christ Jesus had and if I'm telling you, you are capable. I wouldn't have told you if you weren't capable. Verse 6. Though he was God, everybody say Jesus was God. Yet he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to or he didn't think of himself equal with God. Instead, He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. Now, let's just be, let's remember, verse 5 is the beginning to this chunk. We need to, it's like a, a bookend. So everything inside here, let's just keep reminding us. This is us, we're talking about Christ and you can't be like, well, that's Jesus, I'm not Jesus. Cause the Bible just told us, I want you to have the exact same attitude that he had. And so in verse seven, he gave up, we give up all our privileges. We, we, become, we become humble and slaves and we're born human beings. When he appeared in human form, He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Come on, this is because of why? Because he humbled himself and the scriptures tell us to do the same and the scriptures offer us the same Result, the same promise. You have this attitude like Jesus had, you'll get the same result, which is we get to take his name that's above every other name upon ourselves. He writes his own name on you. When the devil sees you, he doesn't see you any longer. If you're truly a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're not going to stop me from that, devil. Thank you, Lord. When he sees you, he doesn't see you any longer, he sees Jesus. he sees Jesus. In fact, remember, Paul had that instance. Actually, they reference Paul. The devil is trying to come against these guys, and they start praying in the name of Jesus, and they thought they could just use his name. We'll just use his name, but we're not going to really become one with him. And the demon said to him, I know Jesus. I know the Paul you're referencing. Who are you? That shouldn't be the question. I don't need to know your name. Come on, the devil doesn't need to know your name. You don't need to know their names either. That's just a little side thing. You don't need to call their name. Just call them the devil, call them demons, whatever. Thank you. We don't need to worry about that. We just say in the name of Jesus. You don't say in my name. In my power. In my name. And it said that he was elevated at that name. Come on, every knee should bow and in heaven and on the earth and under the earth at that name. And this is amazing because it says you can have the same attitude. You have this attitude, you humble yourself. God did this for Jesus. He's gonna put you in that same place with him and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Incredible. I wanna just hang here, but I wanna keep going because I I wanna get these points, uh, uh, all of them. And pray. Come on, we humble ourselves. And what did Jesus do all the time? Why did Jesus need to pray? Maybe if Jesus did it, it's important. I think he's just Jesus. You don't need to pray. Why do you need to pray? You're Jesus. But if Jesus prayed, I'm going to pay attention to that. Come on, if Jesus prayed, (laughs) Jesus walked on water, just so you, just in case you forgot. (laughs) Jesus told, Jesus said, no one's putting me on a cross. I'll die when I'm ready to die. And when the Lord says, I'm going to die, he just walks through the crowd. They try to stone him. He just walks right through the crowd. And Jesus prayed. Come on. This tells us something very important about prayer. That if, if Jesus, who was untouched by this world, prayed, then I want to be someone who prays. And the Bible tells me, come on, let's get, bring the if back in. If we humble ourselves, comma, if we pray, come on, all of this, all of this, it's all of it, the Lord's going to do something for you. I just want you to raise your hand in declaration. The Lord, the Lord Lord. is on the move move. in my life. life. Come on, you need to believe that. But the Lord is asking you, come on, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's been asking you to pray and you know it. I don't even need to tell you. I'm going to preach it anyway. But you know the Holy Spirit's been asking you to pray. And the devil's been trying to touch that area, hasn't he? Come on, let's just be honest. He's been trying to get, you, he's been chiseling your prayer time down. Come on, who's felt their prayer time chiseled down? And you go, oh, I don't feel, well, I'm not going to feel convicted. I'm not going to feel convicted because I, st- I love you, Lord. You know I love you. I'm just busy. Lord's like, busy with what? What are you busy with? You building an ant farm down here? Because I sit, I sit above the circle of the earth and the earth is my footstool. What are you busy doing? My feet are fine. Come on, we need to see what this life really is, what this earth really is, what our busyness really is from the devil. God wants you to enjoy yourselves. I love having fun. You guys know me now. I'm not like a lot of pastors. I'm not saying I'm better or worse. I'm just saying I like to have fun. Some pastors don't, that's too bad for them. But I love to have fun, but fun will always take a second place. Fun will always take a second place to Jesus. If you know me, I'm very quiet and just kind of, well, maybe my family doesn't think so. But if I'm out, I don't need to talk to everybody. Your family's gonna not, you know, not agree because I'm you know, behind closed doors. I can just be, I can just hang, I can just slip in and slip out. But you get me talking about Jesus, you're going to see some passion start bubbling out wherever I'm at. I don't care where it is. Jesus comes up, we were in a jewelry store, Casey was getting his ring for Brianna. This girl said something, and that was it. Man, we started praying, and you guys heard that story last year. you're going to see a passion come out. I love having fun, and I love being free and having fun and playing, but, man, Jesus will always take first place, every single time. And the devil comes to try to distract, and sometimes you just got to push all the distractions aside and get back to being a praying people. And Jesus said... He tells us in Matthew 21, you can pray for anything if you have faith and you will receive it. Uh, It says in Luke 5 that Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. And it tells us in Luke 18, come on, remember Luke 18? He says, let me teach you how to pray. He says that there was a judge, this woman keeps coming and asking the judge for justice. And the judge said, I don't want to see her. I don't care about her. I'm just a worldly judge. And yet, because she nagged the judge so many times, the judge said, fine, just give her what she wants. And the Lord said, I'm a just judge. I'm not a worldly judge. I'm the just judge. But taught us a principle. Keep praying. Just keep praying. If you haven't seen your answer yet, Keep praying, first of all, and second of all, even when you've got that answer, I think that you've got to pray twice as hard once you've received it to keep it. Come on. We don't need to be afraid. Jesus wasn't afraid. Jesus didn't fear anything, but he understood the principles of why there was a reason Jesus didn't have fear on this earth, because he was a praying man. He was humble, and he was praying. What did he have to fear? What could they do to him? He said, don't be afraid of what they do to the body, which they did to his body, but only afraid of what they can do to the soul. The only way that he can touch your soul is if you give it to him. I had a dream, and, and I know I'm trying to go as fast as I can. Holy Spirit, help me. I had a dream where I died, and it was as real as can be. I'm talking, I thought it was really happening. Sometimes you feel like you're in a dreamy place. I don't know if you how you guys dream, but this felt real. It went, the car crashed, it went black. I mean, death. I'd never experienced anything like this in my life. Blackness of death, and then instantaneous light. Light like I cannot describe. I was instantly in heaven, and I'm laying on my face, and my fingertips are touching the tippy toes of Jesus' feet, and Jesus looks down at me, and he, with, with so much love in him, only the way that Jesus could do, he looked at me with love and said, sin is crouching at your door. And I was like, I was so afraid. I, I was like, I can't believe, he's going to send me to hell. I, I couldn't believe that Jesus was going to send me to hell. And I was so afraid, and I wanted to ask him, like, what do you, like, explain yourself, please, I don't understand. And he looks right over me, and he starts greeting this other family into heaven. And so I, I, I get up, and I walk over to this, like, at the best I can describe it, is kind of like an, ent- like an entry place uh, into heaven, like a, a foyer, I mean, I don't know how else to describe it, and there was all these books of God, just things about God, and things about his nature, and. I just picked one up and I started just thumbing through. I don't remember anything about it. And now Jesus is done. Greet, like a real family, like I feel like I, this thing was real, like I interrupted time. Jesus was welcoming a family into heaven and I interrupted this moment. I wasn't supposed to be there then. This wasn't my time. This wasn't, what are you doing here right now? And Jesus comes over to me and he only said to me two things. He said, Why didn't you seek me? Why didn't you pray? And then, actually, he said a third thing to me, but it was, uh, it was one thing he gave me. He said, at least you had power. And yet, though, the power was, the, the amazing thing is, if you go to the verses, they said, we cast out demons in your name, we did this in your name. They had power. And yet, he said, you workers of iniquity, you sinners. And this is what's amazing, is Jesus, and I, I I was so like, the next day was so weird because I was so ecstatic. I was like unbelievably amazed that I got to see Jesus. And yet I was also like crushed to the deepest depths of me that, oh my gosh, Lord, I can't like, but it was such a good thing. And and that was right before we started this. It was one year. Uh, The story just kind of goes on from there, which we don't have time for, but the church began just a short time after that, one year after, one year later. And the Lord wanted me to, there was only one way that he was going to do this thing, through prayer, through seeking him. We went on multiple fasts that year, six weeks at a time, uh, uh not f- complete food and water, but just multiple fasts and t- different things. And, uh, multiple six weeks that year and just began to seek and began to pray. And then this birth out of that. And I say that because that is how important it is. The Lord loved me so much and loves you so much that he reminds us through his word about the importance of prayer, about seeking him. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. Amen. Well, I think that's good. I think we'll pick this up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Let's just stand and pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you are reminding us to pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you prayed. Thank you, Jesus. You prayed for us. Lord, I thank you that you took the time to pray. Lord, here's my people. You prayed for us, Lord, in John 17. You prayed for us. Lord, if it wasn't important, you wouldn't have done it. And I thank you, Lord, you prayed for us. This people right here, you said, Lord, I pray that they would be one as we are one. Lord, that was an important prayer, and I thank you, Lord, that's what you're doing. You're calling us to be a people of prayer and, Lord, to pray as you prayed. And, Lord, in unity and prayer as we all, Lord, begin to keep, we keep digging into this, Lord. We keep praying. We keep seeking you. We keep calling upon you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord. And, Lord, end the wickedness and all this stuff, Lord. Just, just stubbornness and rebellion, Lord, that we constantly put before you as idols. I thank you, Lord. you are going to keep tearing them down. We're going to keep humbling ourselves. We're going to keep praying. And I thank you, God, that you are going to heal this land. Lord, you put us in this valley for a reason. It was not by accident. Doesn't matter how you got here, how you were even born here, etc. You are in this valley for a reason. This is your land and in this nation. And the Lord wants to heal it. He wants to do a work. He wants to do something in this place and in this church and in your families and in your marriages and in your children. But I thank you, Lord. It is. It starts with us just giving you it all. And I thank you, Lord. You're going to help us do that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.